0: Hey, and welcome back to Transform Your Workplace. I'm Brandon Laws, your host. In today's episode, I have a conversation with Mac Pritchard. He is the founder and publisher of MaxList. They're a job board operator and career hub in the Pacific Northwest. He's actually local to Portland, Oregon, and I had a chance to join him on his popular podcast for job seekers called Find Your Dream Job and on that episode, we talk about applicant tracking systems and we talk about how to beat it. Uh, so if you're a job seeker out there or you know somebody who's a job seeker, that's a great uh, podcast show for those types of folks. And uh, if you just want to hear me as a guest, you're welcome to check out that that episode and I'll put a link in the show notes. Mac is also the author of the book, Land Your Dream Job Anywhere. And um, Mac is a wealth of knowledge. He is a very, very successful job operator. And he also runs a communications company. So um, anyways, he's well known in this Portland, Oregon area. And I was happy to have him on this podcast. We talk a lot about what the current state of jobs are. And he you know, he lends insight into the volume of jobs that are out there and just where he sees this all going amid uh, COVID-19. So you're going to learn a lot from from Mac in this. And he also gives listeners some ideas about what makes a good job post, uh, how you can separate yourself from all the other uh, employers out there who are posting for for jobs and trying to acquire talent. So enjoy the episode reach out to me on linkedin instagram twitter any place that you'd love to connect and um enjoy the episode and more importantly enjoy your summer i know if you're like me you're kind of stuck at home you're not doing much but uh, enjoy make sure you're taking breaks uh step away from the computer every once in a while and be well Hey, Mac, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Brandon. Thanks for inviting me. You operate a job board called MaxList. And you, of course, run another company. But for the sake of this podcast, let's talk about MaxList. I want to know, what are you seeing at the moment in terms of volume of job postings? Because that's what MaxList is really all about. You provide a great service. There's a lot of job postings. I'm looking at it now. There's 320 listings just in, I think, in Oregon only, or maybe that's countrywide. Is it up or down in coronavirus time?
1: (laughs) It's down. We're recording this in May of 2020. And like job boards all across the country, we have seen a drop in listings since the virus really hit about March
0: 15th. Has it bounced back at all as of recently, or is it just continuously going down?
1: It appears to have plateaued in early April. So the numbers we look at, Brandon, are not only the number of job listings, but also the number of visitors to our website, as well as obviously the revenue from sales. And for the last six weeks, all three of those figures have been coming up very slowly. We, of course, right now have 14% unemployment rate and more than 30 million people are out of work. So you're only seeing a fraction of the job listings you saw in February and January of this year.
0: That's incredible. So there's like a sharp decline. And I wonder, as we hopefully get out of this, if it'll be a sharp increase, what are you anticipating?
1: Well, in a normal recession, usually job losses happen gradually over the period of months. And then the reverse is true. As recovery happens, you'll see the number of listings go up. Here, of course, it's been a dramatic change in a short period of time. Today, for example, I was listening to a report by an economist in the state of Oregon, where you and I are, and she said that in March, there were 70,000 people in our state who were unemployed. And she said in April, that number was 300,000. So in the course of four weeks, more than a quarter of a million people in just one state of the 50 states here in our country lost their jobs. So that's a big, big change.
0: Do you communicate with other job board operators? I'm curious. I mean, they're seeing the same thing, I'm sure. But is it around the same type of drop as you? What are they seeing?
1: The numbers vary. The big national boards, I think there was a news story about Indeed, for example, a few weeks ago that saw its listings go down by 40%. And some niche sites are doing better and actually seeing a growth in business thinking about sites that serve sectors like warehouse jobs, for example. But overall, the range varies. Uh, Most job boards have seen a drop in listings. I do want to say, Brandon, this is a tough, tough economy, but I want to say to job seekers, companies are still hiring in much smaller numbers. But it's important to recognize that because often people think, well, what's the point in an economy like this of looking for work at all? And I don't want to sugarcoat it. The competition is intense and the opportunities are fewer, but the people who continue to look and know what they want and where they want to work are going to have an advantage over those who decide to take a break and not look at all.
0: What types of jobs are you seeing a lot of in terms of the positions that are listed right now? It's probably all remote work at this point, uh, probably less warehouse jobs or retail jobs, but what are you seeing if there's any sort of theme
1: our site serves employers and job seekers in the Pacific Northwest, primarily in Washington and Oregon, and we focus on professional white-collar jobs. Mm-hmm. So before COVID, we might have seen 150, 200 new jobs a week. Now we're seeing about 75. They are professional positions. They're coming in smaller numbers. And so all employers in the past might have posted five, 10 jobs in a week. Now it's one. And because of the market that we serve, we are seeing not only white-collar jobs, which we've always gotten, but there is, to your point, there are more opportunities that allow for remote work.
0: Mm -hmm. For those that, we we talked about the employers and posting at a, a lower level, but for those that are posting on your site in particular, are they getting a good response from candidates? I'm really curious what the candidate response is like, if they're out seeking work or if they're most of them are on unemployment and just sort of exhausting what they have there. What's your sense on that?
1: I think a lot depends on people's
0: circumstances.
1: And not only have we seen job listings drop on sites like mine, but across the job board industry. When I talk to other job board operators and look at industry publications, The traffic has gone down too, Brandon, and that might sound counterintuitive, but if you reflect on it, two things are happening. One, typically sites like mine attract what are called passive job seekers. These are people who have a position and they're curious about what else might be out there and what they might be able to do to improve their situation. The second, according to surveys we've done of our readers of our site, passive job seekers typically will account for three quarters of our audience. The remainder are people who are actively looking. And you would think, given those numbers I shared earlier about the unemployment rate and just the number of people in one state alone who are out of work, you would see a tsunami of traffic to sites like mine. But I think what's happening, Brandon, is that people who have lost a job, they're focusing on survival right now. And we've all seen the news accounts of the challenges that people out of work have faced in collecting unemployment benefits. And it's not uncommon to see reports of waits of four, six, eight, or even 10 weeks. So I think people who might normally be doing a search because they've lost a job are focusing on getting their finances in order and they will start a search once those checks start arriving.
0: For the employers that are looking to fill positions, and there are some positions out there, as you mentioned, I'm sure a lot of employers are having a hard time getting people to comfortably come back to work. And maybe these positions will remain open until people start having that comfort. But how do you advise employers to differentiate their job posts and particularly in this kind of environment? Like what kind of language should they use? What sort of things should be on their job posts to make it really appealing?
1: I'm glad you asked that question because even before COVID-19, this was a challenge for many employers. Particularly for the clients that we serve at MaxList, our customers tend to be small or medium-sized organizations where hiring is not a frequent event. And often it's assigned to somebody who has been not been trained in hiring process. They haven't had formal instruction on how to write a job posting. They're not trained formally in the interview techniques. And so often that can create a bad experience for the candidate. And for companies that don't have professional HR staff, who've gotten training in those kinds of skills, it can lead to a disappointing response. I think after COVID-19, not only do those basics matter even more, employers also have to learn new skills for both hiring virtually and then if people are going to work remotely, onboarding them and then supporting them as they work from a home office.
0: Have you seen any postings, Mac, where you were like, wow, this is incredible. This is totally differentiated from any other posting that I've seen. I don't know how deep you go into the postings that are on your website. I imagine you have people that probably help with all that anyways. But I'm curious if you've seen anything super creative that would appeal to people, especially now looking for work.
1: I think creativity is important, but I would say to employers, focus on the basics. Use a clear job title that is written in plain English that people can understand. Avoid internal titles that might have some meaning inside your organization, like program specialist too. What does that mean? And it's important to have a clear title, not only because it allows you to attract the right candidate who's got the skills and experiences you want. It's, you know, civilians outside your company don't think in terms of those titles. So when they're doing online searches, they'll miss your job. Another thing, Brandon, is include a salary range.
0: Yes, yes, I agree.
1: And the benefits, if you're an employer of doing this, are twofold. One, there's data that shows you get a much higher response rate. But second, you hear from the right people because when you're clear about what you want to pay, and every company I talk to, they've got a budget, they know what the figure is. And when you share it, then the people who want more are not going to apply. And the people who may not have the skills and experiences We'll, we'll see, oh well, that job is way out of my current salary range, but maybe I'll get there one day. So in other words, you get fewer applicants in the long run and you get the right applications. The third thing I would say, and while it's not related directly to job postings, is just have a clear hiring process, communicate with candidates. Again, I'm sure you hear this all the time in your work, but we hear from job seekers how frustrated they are when they send in applications and they never hear back. Or if they're engaged in one or two steps of the process, sometimes they never hear back after taking part in interviews. And it's bad for a company's brand when you do that. People remember and they tell their friends and family. And those stories have a half-life that just you know, goes on and on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, the candidate experience is so important. And I imagine now during you know COVID-19 issues and the crisis that this is an opportunity for employers to really clean up this process. You know, if you've seen anything that's your know, tips related to communicating with candidates before an interview is about to happen, how can employers set expectations up to really wow the candidates, prepare them for coming into an interview process, especially when everything's so remote now? I mean, we're doing Zoom interviews now and Microsoft Teams and all these other virtual tools and I'm sure all candidates aren't created equal. They're using different tools. Their comfort level is very different. It's a weird environment right now.
1: It is. I think it starts with the plan for the hiring process itself. I think the, the most effective hiring managers, before they send out the posting, they make a schedule and they say, OK, here's how the hiring process is going to work. These are the key dates. These are the decision makers The people are going to be involved then they write the job posting. And if they're, again, using clear title and plain language and add a salary range, they're going to attract the best candidates. But don't stop there. Seeing people in person or virtually, when you invite candidates in for that first conversation, whether it's a phone screener or eventually uh, smaller interviews, share the key steps and deadlines from that plan with the candidates. It's not a state secret. Say, here's what our goal is. We want to have somebody in place by this day. These are the people who are involved. Share as much information as possible about who a candidate is going to be interviewing with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if possible, share questions in advance. The more information you share, the better prepared the candidate will be. But most importantly, the better the quality of the conversation you're going to have with a candidate because you want people to shine. You want them to show their best self. And if you are unclear about how the process is working, if you keep it a secret, who's going to be meeting, if you decide to hold back questions, some candidates do well thinking on their feet. Others don't. But what matters in the end is the qualities and the skills a candidate brings, not whether they're good at extemporaneous speaking. I would pay attention to those things and then recognize, too. You're building an airplane while you're flying it in terms of virtual hiring right now. Some companies have experience in this, but most don't. And most candidates don't either. So both parties really have to invest in a crash course in how to communicate well online during a hiring process. And they need to put in the time and effort to make that happen.
0: Mac, I loved your idea about giving as much information as possible before an interview, even questions or expectations about what we're going to be doing in the interview or the people involved. Because I imagine a lot of candidates, yes, some people to your point can think on the fly and just show up and maybe do a good interview. But for others, they have so much anxiety leading up to it that you might waste half of the interview just getting comfortable. And then you're not having the in-depth, great conversation that you might have had if you would have just taken care of those expectations in advance. And to your point, with all this virtual stuff right now, you'd be better off having, you know, if it's an hour-long meeting or an hour-long interview, having a very good conversation for that hour versus spending half of it just doing niceties and getting comfortable. Yeah.
1: A good job interview is a conversation. It's not a cross-examination. And the result should be to give both parties the information and understanding they need to see whether or not this is a good fit or not. This is not a dissertation panel for your PhD where you're supposed to demonstrate expert knowledge. Again, it should be a conversation. So when employers provide that information in advance about who's going to be in the room, what the questions are going to be, the format is, how best to follow up, and if they put themselves in the candidate's shoes and think about the needs and concerns of the candidate, whether it's in person or virtually, They're going to have a better experience with all their candidates, and that's going to help them make the best decision possible.
0: Since I have you on, I mean, you're a job board operator. I want to know, you know, from an employer standpoint, what could they do besides just simply posting on your job board to set themselves apart? Meaning like the employer brand is so important you've got a lot of great content. Is there any other ways employers can either engage with your website or do other things on the web that's going to make them look like an employer of choice? I'm glad you brought that up because we are a job board and we're proud of the listings that we provide. But we
1: recognize that job seekers, most candidates struggle with job search as a skill. That's why we provide books, courses, and other content in our weekly podcast about job hunting to job seekers. So We provide content about how to do hiring better. And one of the things that every employer could do to stand out and attract not only the best candidates during times like today is to talk about their company's brand and culture. And you can do that as an employer on your own website, but you need to make it part of your hiring process, too, by talking about it in your job postings. And bringing it up during the interview process, I think that that can make a vital difference. And I think the challenge for employers in the months ahead, and it pains me to say this, I think we're going to see applications go way up as long as we're in a state of double-digit unemployment. So you want to attract, if you're an employer, candidates that are best going to meet the qualifications you've laid out in your posting. And the clearer you are about what you want and what your company does. And when you talk about that brand and distinguish yourself from other organizations, you're more likely to get the candidates you want to attract.
0: Yeah, I think the interesting thing about right now, and hopefully this is not true going forward, but with writing job postings and trying to portray what your culture is all about and what you believe and values and vision and those sort of things that are ingrained in your culture, that's one thing. But like, really trying to set expectations for what is this job like? What is the experience like? Because for most employers, that has totally changed over the last couple of months. Like we have fully remote workforce now, we're looking at a computer all day. I don't know how you write a job posting in a compelling way right now. Do you have any ideas?
1: Well, I think it comes back to the problems that the position is going to solve and being clear about that. And because in the end, in any interview, whether it happens via Zoom or in person, the manager's looking across the table at a candidate and wondering, well, can she or he solve these things that are keeping me up at night? And that's where your job posting should start, not with the phrases that are popular inside your company's culture or uh, be some sort of wish list of things you might like to have. Be clear about what you absolutely need to have. One question I encourage candidates to ask when they're a finalist for a position, meeting with a hiring manager is this, Brandon. It's if I'm fortunate enough to get this job and you and I are sitting down in a year's time for doing the annual review, what are the three things you want me to tell you I've done for you? And when you ask that question as a candidate, the manager usually tell you about something that's not in the job posting, that's not in the interview questions. And if you're a candidate, you have a wonderful opportunity at that moment to draw on an experience you've had solving a similar problem. You've also got an advantage over your competitors because chances are they haven't asked that question. So now you know something about the employer's needs that your competitors don't know. But my point is this for employers, ask yourself that question when you're sitting down to write the job posting and start there and keep it simple, keep it plain, keep it focused on your needs. And put yourself in the shoes of the candidate and how they think. And I think that is a great way to start producing a job posting that's going to attract the candidates you want.
0: Mac, that is well said. Thank you for coming on the Transform Your Workplace podcast. It has been a great discussion. Where do you want to point people to? Any great resources that you'd recommend? Obviously, besides just going to maxlist.org. Anything else that you think would be valuable for this audience?
1: Encourage people to check out our weekly podcast. It is aimed at job seekers. Find your dream job and we publish every Wednesday. But we also have a special section of our website aimed at employers and you'll find dozens of articles there about hiring practices and how to improve your hiring inside your company. And finally, I would invite people to connect with me on LinkedIn and be delighted if they would mention your show so I could know how they found me.
0: Excellent. Mac Pritchard, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you for having me, Brandon.